This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Gators and I'm joined by the new face of video games blessing, Adeoye Jr. What's up, Tim? The big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm visiting Andrew Goldfarb's grave and Cult of the Lamb, no big deal. Wow, going to talk a lot about Here that. Here lies Goldfarb. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out the group today, the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Great morning. Great morning to everybody involved. We normally record the show in the afternoon, so this feels like a fun little treat in the middle of the day. Right, Greg? That's right. It is a fun little treat. Oh. Here, I, now I'm at Andy's grave. Now Andy's yeah. grave special, of course, because he was my husband. Oh, so many twists and turns here, everybody, on this Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, you can get the show every week on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or RoosterTeeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games cast, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad-free, if you want to watch live as it's being recorded, and most importantly, if you want the Patreon-exclusive post-show where we do a fun little game show every week, you got to go to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games just like our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Delaney Twining. I'm sorry I've been saying your name wrong for so Question. long. James Hastings and Casey Andrew, we appreciate you all so very, very much. If you don't have bucks to toss our way, that's cool. When you're out there on these streets buying games on the Epic <clears throat> Game Store, use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases to help support us at no extra cost to you. We appreciate it all so very, very much. A little housekeeping for you. Just a little bit, guys. XCast has a new day. It will now be releasing every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific. Uh, this is a weird situation that doesn't normally happen, but sometimes with embargoed reviews, like the case of this episode, there'll be two kind of funny games podcasts going live on the same day. So if you're watching this on YouTube, that means that... Just a couple hours ago, XCast posted. So go support that, too. Let's get a little bit of that that cross-promotion going on that everybody loves to talk about so much. Go, to their, go to their YouTube page and on their episode write Lamb, and then come to our YouTube page and write Xbox. Yes, yes, I like and that. And then we'll know, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll know. know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we're brought to you by Chime and MeUndies, but I'll get to that later. We're going to talk about Colts of the Lamb. This is our review of that video game. Greg Miller. You are the official kind of funny scorer of Cult of the Lamb. What are your thoughts and what would you give it on the kind of funny scale? Cult of the Lamb. What a fucking video game. That's what I would give it. Four out of five. I'm saying it's great. Um, I, you know, finished Cult of the Lamb. Uh, I had 16 hours, a little bit, yeah, right around 16 hours on my game clock um, and put it down. And it was one of those that. When I finished it and I rolled credits, there was that moment of not how do I feel about it, like did I like it or not like it. Obviously, I had a great time with it. I, I I could not put it down. It was very much one of those games that when I wasn't playing it, I wanted to get back to it. But I had that moment of after I put it down of like, I'm going to be interested to see how the dust settles on this one. Was it one that I was super into because of review? Was it one that you know I didn't have anything else to play? Yada, yada, yada. And Days removed from rolling credits, what I keep doing is refreshing my email and actually hitting up PR and asking if they have PlayStation code yet. Because I played the whole thing on my Steam Deck slash Steam in general. I played it. Uh, I, play, I played this thing everywhere. Blessing, I don't know if you know this. This Steam, 
thing, this new up and coming program, it's pretty cool. Because I'm playing oh, yeah. on the handheld, then I'm playing on the PC. I'm put, I put my PC on the TV. I'm playing over cross there. Save. I can play on this thing. It's not cross save makes it sound like more of a thing. Because this thing, you just finish the game and you you boot back to the screen and it goes boop, boop, and it's like we cloud sunk it. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Oh, you didn't have to download the Steam Deck version of it on that thing and then uninstall that version to get the correct thing on. The console was there a lot of like issues there with get with syncing them together, Greg? Or? Andy, I was right. I was right where you are, and let me tell you, I was shocked that there were no wow. issues. That it just it did wow. it, and there was one version of the game, and it was just like it worked, and it was it was impressive. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think that's you know the most ringing endorsement I can give it is that I want to play it again. Like I'm going to do another run on PlayStation. Like I had that much fun with it. Yes, Timothy Gettys uh, from Kind of Funny. I don't want to get too far into your, your thoughts uh, before I ask, what is Cult of the Lamb for people that don't know? Oof, man, great question, Tim. Cult of the Lamb is a, and, and Andy, you've played a lot of it too, right? Yes, yes, I've played about 23 hours, 24 maybe. <sighs> Look at this kid, I want to get him off the bench in a second. Uh, Cult of the Lamb is a roguelite mashed with a village sim. So it it's, if you've heard me talk about Moonlighter and how much I love that, there that's a pretty good assessment or comparison to it so there's this idea that you have your own and i'll get to a second you have your own cult but your own village right that you're taking care of and you have a whole bunch of cultists that you uh, recruit and then need to keep fed uh, keep the area clean you need to make sure that they they still believe in you and the evil horrible thing that you represent and then when you want to you run out and you run through one of four dungeons and you go through there, uh, Tim. It's uh, you know procedurally generated. It's different every time. Uh, you go in there, and there's a boss at the end. But before you can fight the boss, you have to do each dungeon four times, and then the fourth si- uh, circle part fills in, and you can go and fight the boss. Once you fight all the bosses, you've kind of accomplished your goal for uh, what, the the one who waits, who is the big evil god that you're trying to free, that you're a disciple of now. And then you go and talk to him, and then obviously you're into end game and stuff like that. Um, but at its core, the idea is that you go into these dungeons, you fight these monsters, you come back with you know resources that you've gotten there to then uh, you know build new uh, structures in your town. It's it's kind of it's it's a roguelite like you know, and then it's a demonic Animal Crossing because the idea is you know Barrett shows all the stuff here. Like you're building out this town, you're building structures in the town, and you're taking care of your followers. As I said in my TikTok review, right, like something that didn't dawn on me for a long time is the fact that these aren't your villagers. These are your cattle. Like you have to play this game as a horrible person that you are out to take or a horrible lamb that you're out to take advantage of these cultists, right? The idea here is that you are, you know, making them worship you and then through their devotion and their faith, you're able to unlock new uh, abilities to uh, cast at there that'll give you buffs. You're able to unlock new uh, structures that you're able to build in the city to take more advantage of them. You're able to go through and actually sacrifice these cultists both to ha- use their bodies as food if you want, uh, sacrifice them to extend your life. Early on in my playthrough, I was playing it as if, oh man, I got to make sure everybody's as happy as possible and w- run around and I'm really taking care of this. And I wasn't even doing the dungeon uh, for hours as I just really was trying to get in a rhythm with my town and build out my crops the certain way and yada, yada, yada. And that's a totally, to- totally, totally, uh, 
way uh, avenue to play this that is a strategy to play this game or whatever but later on in the game when i really was unlocking some of the things in the higher skill trees and it was like okay cool if you fall in battle you will then get to sacrifice one of your cultists and it's like oh like i've been thinking of keeping these people happy when in really i i should be thinking of them more as a cow i should be keeping them fat, fat and fed and ready to serve me and you and really benefit what i'm going to when i did that i think the real uh evilness of the game shines through blessing so then what does that do with your relationship to the the cultists because i know in games like animal crossing or i often i often think back to XCOM, where uh i would have friends that played that game and they would always name characters after their friends right and so i'd go sure. over to the house and they would have an XCOM character named bless and they're like oh yeah and then this character you know died just ex excruciatingly it was terrible right yeah uh, for you like you showed us your game and you have gofarb in there and you have andy in there does that change the relationship you have with your with your cultists? Is it like a delightful thing when you get to bury Andy under the ground? Honestly, what it's a great question, Bless. What uh, is pretty fascinating about the answer is that if you go through all the graves on in my uh, cult, you'll find that pretty quickly we stop naming them because mm. again, it it would be akin to naming a cow that you know you're going to slaughter naming a, a chicken you know you're going to eat like i did it early on because i jumped into cult of lamb after playing the preview with you guys and having a great time and i think it's you know looked really cool and shuhei never shuts up about it on twitter i jumped in and was like oh this is gonna be great i'm gonna name it da -da. i didn't expect the cultists to actually age because it is that thing of where you can sacrifice them uh because you need the meat you can sacrifice them or you know ascend them because they've become dissenters and you don't want to deal with them trying to turn other cultists and then of course they can just get old and die they will just die of old age and so when i, re I the first old age group started dying i was like oh okay but then when i really started abusing them and like i made a demonic summoning circle right and uh, there's three tiers to it that you can level up again as you harvest their devotion and, and increase everybody's faith. Uh, you know, what it, but what it does is basically is it'll turn cultists you have into buffs for when you take into battle. So like you'll go in there and it'll be like one of them is this little demon that'll go and find heart pieces when you need them to refill your heart. Or one of them will shoot a projectile at enemies every so often, do these kind of things. And so once the utility of this, once like the veil was lifted of my eyes of like, oh, like, Everybody is expendable except me. And oh, this is all for the one who waits the devil. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to unleash this great evil Such and stuff. A great it's like game. oh, yeah, fuck everybody. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend my time renaming these people. I'm just gonna go through with whatever their goofy name is, especially when it was like, I'll tell you what. I don't know why. I'm not trying to point fingers here, but Andrew Goldfarb hated Barrett Courtney. And every time Barrett Courtney would try what? to do something, Andrew Goldfarb was in my ear talking shit about barrett courtney and like i need to put him what? into jail was he telling you about what was he making asking you to like feed him shit yep yes yes yeah there was there was a lot of you should you uh, I, again it's this management thing you know you can eventually build an outhouse you can eventually build another thing where your villagers will take care of the place themselves but in the early goings people are just pooping all over the village you got to clean up the poop and then you can use the poop for fertilizer yada 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 but if you leave the poop around people start getting sick then you got to put them into bed and they can't work the fields but you can also build a medical bay eventually and put them into an upgrade like there's all these like if this then that thing but yes there are also are recipes made of poop and so like yeah of goldfarb was very much like we should feed barrett poop and i was like all right and then i, I feed barrett poop. was my friend he is not. He hates you. But you feed Barrett the poop, and Barrett, you know, there's like a, you know, whatever, I have 10%, 15%, maybe 50. Boy. 
you are a big poopy boy. And maybe Barrett gets sick and he can't work the fields, but then it also increases uh, Andrew's faith in me or whatever. But eventually, when Andrew kept being uh, so mean about this, right, when it first came up and it was one of my first sacrifices, like, oh, go for it. I need to sacrifice somebody right now for the little quest that's popping up. And again, it is not a quest in, hey, there are multiple things for you to go do. This is the, It's a quest that your follower comes to you and is like, hey, feed Barrett poop. And if you go make him poop, you feed him, all right, thank you. And that increases his little devotion thing. And again, I'm getting way into the weeds. But as you level these – so every – there's an overall faith meter over here that represents how the whole village is doing and what's going on. And you do that by doing sermons and yada, 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 and doing nice things. And, you know, you build a new outhouse, a new tent, a new structure in general. That'll give you a couple pluses over here. And then if somebody dies or somebody's out there being the center, that'll bring it down a bunch. Uh, you know, when it was like one of the quests was, hey, you know, do the new ritual that is sacrifice person. It's like, oh, I'm going to sacrifice Goldfarm because he's being annoying. And that's kind of when you start getting this turning point of like, oh, okay. Like these people aren't around for long. And even like, you know, marrying Andy, my lifelong dream, like in the game, you can have multiple marriages. You can do. You can perform. The, every one of these rituals has a cooldown on it, and they have buffs. Whether it's going to bring up your faith or bring down your faith and give you something else for battle. But it was that idea of like you know you can just go through and marry as many people as you want to. It doesn't matter. You can smooch. You can smooch if you want. But you know you can get down and do that thing. So there's like it's a game that I personally love the combat for. Because it is simplistic. It is it is a fun. I think simple roguelike. Of you know you start every dungeon you walk into you're presented with one weapon and then one they call it a curse but think of it as a superpower right of like you know you do a slash and it does massive damage or you shoot tendrils out my favorite was you would cause a rupture in the ground and all these ghosts would come out and then they would go and attack people but that's randomly assigned every time whatever's going to be that that's these are your, that's your weapon and that's your curse for this dungeon you go through you you know you beat on the bad guys you get the thing you get to the end and you leave there's also a card system in there where you're expanding a, a deck of tarot cards right that you get to use uh you, and that those are randomly generated as you go through and which one you're going to get and blah, blah 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 that's all great and fun but it's again like moonlighter for me where you i think most people might look at that and be like oh that's the main course when in reality i think it is the spinning of the plates in your village where again like there were there were hours where i wouldn't even go do the dungeon thing where i would just sit there and be like all right well i've unlocked this new thing, which will make the crops grow bigger in this circle. So I'm going to plant around there and then I'm low on seeds. So I will just sit there and harvest. Then I will, I'll harvest plant manure or harvest plant water and manure that way it'll or fertilize. So it'll keep like really nerdy Greg shit of going through and building out this village and having it uh, matter and feel like it. Like that was what I kept coming back for is seeing how I could get everybody's devotion up, how I could get the faith up, what I could unlock next, what the next weird ritual would be, what the next weird thing would be. On top of that, you know, you're, you're leveling up your weapons and abilities over here. Like, there's a lot going on, which is all the shit that I love. So, yeah, that sounds like very Greg stuff with the Animal Crossing and the demonic and all that stuff. But then, Andy, <laughs> I imagine you enjoyed the the more dungeon crawly aspects uh, a bit more than Greg did, more than the the kind of sim stuff. Am I right in assuming that? What's the balance between the dungeon crawling stuff and the, the Animal Crossing stuff? And like, does do they feel inco incongruent to each other, or do they feel like they're complementary sides of the same game? I I loved the Sim stuff. I had a bunch of fun with that. I wish uh, if I could change some things. I wish there was a longer lifespans for these cult cultists because, much like Greg mentioned, you eventually get to a point where you don't 
like I, I kind of wanted to care about them more so that sacrificing them would be a tougher decision for myself, the player. Um, and I wanted those moments to hit more of like this person died of old age or sometimes when you're out in these dungeon crawling levels, you'll get to a spot where the upcoming boss you're about to face pops up and he threatens you and he's like, you don't have to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like I will wage war on you. And then uh, he'll bring up like two of your cultists and at random. And sometimes you have to fight them and you have to kill them. And it's like, they do really the awesome like, mo- I'm sorry, my lord. Like they don't want yeah, to. They'll, they'll be like, I'm so sorry. They're just like brainwashed or whatever. And those moments are really awesome and uh, random as hell. But I wish I cared more about the people that I was actually killing uh, you know, I kind of wish that they were more than just cattle, like Greg was mentioning. Um, the dungeon crawling stuff, super fun. Um, the tightness of the combat, it kind of reminds me of like playing Rogue Legacy early in the year where it just feels really tight to play. Um, my only problem with the dungeon crawling aspect of it is that I wish it had more of the roguelite hooks that even a game like Hades or even a game like Myth Force that we played earlier in the year had. Where the thing I love about roguelites is like starting the run and being like, oh, could this be the one? I've got these crazy good perks that have just been given to me. And you get that excitement, right? How am I, how are these abilities going to stack with this other cool thing? And oh, should I get health back every time? Uh, these tarot cards that Greg is mentioning, there's a shitload of tarot cards that you eventually unlock. And then now those tarot cards are able to be given to you at random at the start of a run or sometimes you'll find a tarot card room in these uh in the areas that you're dungeon crawling through and then you'll here's two tarot cards pick whichever one you're like oh shit this one is a higher powered because it's going to give me back this much like power for my special attack you know like all those little hooks just aren't quite there for me roguelite wise and i don't want this to become a super negative review because i fucking love this game I'm just thinking about the things that could have made it a five out oh, of five. I have, I have a li- oh, so you, you think it's a four out of five as well? Yeah, I, I'm. I'd say it's like a four point one out of four point six for me. Mm, uh, Blessing, what do you think about that? Well, actually, you know, my question was going to be a bit similar to Tim's because for me, you know, I picked the game up after watching the trailers. I think the trailers looked super dope. And then, you know, we got preview codes and I put it in about six hours into the preview and I had fun with it. But I started to see a few similar things where, you know, I was really enjoying the roguelite aspects of it because I really like roguelite games. And I really I really like that kind of action. And also the art style is really is really cool and really gorgeous. And then also I really like the soundtrack of the game as well. Um, but you know, after the six hours for the re- when we got to the review portion of it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to wait until Andy and Greg check it out. That way I can have the report back and tell me if it's for me, because um, my question mainly is, is it for fans of the genre or do you think it expands out in a way where anybody can jump into it uh, and enjoy it? Because by the time I by the time I finished my six hours, I started to have the the, uh, uh, the semi aspects of the game pull me more than uh, the roguelite stuff that I enjoyed more. And so, like, once I got back to my camp and they were like, hey, you know, pick up the shit that's on the floor. Hey, this person needs a sleeping bag or this person needs a tent or, you know, you, you need to preach the word of evil God. And like, you know, when you get into all that, the uh, the semi stuff, I felt like there was more meat there than the, in the actual roguelike portions of it, which isn't necessarily me like that's not necessarily a critique on the game. That's more so the kind of game that it wants to be. Would you say that it's something that could possibly get me in if I care more for the roguelike stuff? 
I, I think to go along with more of Tim's point of like, are they incongruent with each other? I think so, because there's a lot of times when you're doing the sim portions of it, you need more money or you need more um, wood Bones. or you need more stones and stuff. And you're going to find that stuff when you're out in the world uh, beating up enemies. Every time you clear a room, a chest drops, you might get a heart uh, if you're lucky, uh, along with some money. Or there's a bunch of trees around the world that you can kind of just chop down and get extra resources there. Um, the the yeah the sim part stuff really pulled me in. I do think the roguelite stuff is lacking for me, but just again only slightly. Like it's just missing the tiniest of things in order to make it the perfect roguelite experience. When you are in these boss fights, though, um, I think they're fun as hell. I think the the boss fights are definitely a lot more fun than the the challenge rooms because the challenge rooms. Uh, to a point, I never. I, I'm always going to compare every roguelike to Hades, just because that's the easiest thing to compare. Understandably to. But, so. Yeah, going to any well, when you're in those three sections of Hades or whatever, like they have very different identities, and I didn't really feel that here, where there's four sections to go out and try to kill these bosses at. You're going to encounter a bunch of mini bosses. You're going to encounter a bunch of just challenge rooms. Um, and I feel like it was almost just a palette change. The enemies are a bit different, but I don't think I ever felt like I was in some place that was wildly different than the last spot. Um, I want to say wildly. For me, there were differences in the enemy types that made me man be like, I fucking hate these bats. And it was like, oh, that's the, like the, third, yeah, the third dungeon bats, over, man, I think it right. is, where I was like, God damn. And I remember I by the time, you know, our so we, you know, we reviewed this in an interesting way where. The build we had, we originally played only had one dungeon. Then we got a different preview build that had the second dungeon. And then we finally got review code that had everything. And when we were in Nashville, I only had the preview code for the first dungeon, but your saves carried over. So I was replaying and just getting resources and doing stuff. So when it finally opened up with the review code, I was able to unlock all the three dungeons I hadn't done yet because it's based on the number of followers you have. So like that's how they gatekeep in terms of what you open up. And so when I did that, I ran into that third dungeon with all the bats. I was like, actually, fuck this. And I went to the fourth one and had a better time playing there with like the lava shoot or whatever you want to call it, shooting fireballs out and the slug dudes that are going around. Like, I agree that they aren't radically different. You know what I mean? These, these, were, these rooms are clearly all in the same world. But I did think that each dungeon had its own uh, identity for what was going on. Uh, yeah, the boss fights, again, super challenging. You're going to get the boss fights that will maybe the boss spawns a bunch of different ads or nope. some of them become bullet hell type things. Yeah. Uh, but for as as far as the perks Good dodge go, roll. Good dodge roll. Great dodge roll. And I wish that the perks became a bit more, uh, I don't know, I guess effective in that. Uh, like when I played Myth Force earlier this year, which is like a very, very small roguelite first person thing that's supposed to look like an 80s cartoon. Me, Snowback Mike, Nick and Kevin played it. And that has like the roguelite hooks that I love where you have a stamina bar and sometimes you may get a really good perk that you roll that's like unlimited stamina or something crazy like that. Right. And I never felt like the perks in this game, Cult of the Lamb, were you ever felt like they were a do or die like, oh, this is the fucking run. This is the one where I'm going to actually beat that boss because I have really unlimited attack speed. Like I never really felt the the perks affecting me that much in, in, a, mm. in a really significant way. Tim, I, 
Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. If I can jump off mm-hmm. this, I disagree with that because I did, but I didn't feel it really till the back half end of the game where like at that, and I'm going to, I don't remember how anymore because again, there are so many plates spinning and so many skill trees and all this stuff. But I had by that point unlocked and I guess chosen from the pulpit, the benefit that when I go, I got all my cards at once at the start of a match rather mm. than have to get them all. So like usually you go, you play through and then you'll you know find a card room and get a card that way and then play more and then find another card room and get a card that way. This one is it drops. I think it's, Maybe four, maybe six cards on you at the very front. I think and it's that, four. Yeah. Those are your cards for the run alongside your weapons. And that, like, because one of the things I talk about in my TikTok review and that I want to drive home here is like, I think the game is so approachable in combat for what you want it to be, which I feel like is sometimes a struggle with any game with combat of like, oh man, I want to throw my controller. I'm so mad at this section, yada, yada, yada. Or this is easy as hell and it's brain dead and yada, yada. Because I had that early on with the dungeons where I was like, Oh, these dungeons aren't that hard. Like, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm really getting challenged. And that's not bad. I'm enjoying the experience. Maybe that's more for the sim thing. And then it's the fact, of course, that there, there's, you know, the multiple difficulties. I was initially playing on medium. I bumped it up to hard. There's one above that. But then also, there's the card business of getting all the cards at the front. There's the demonic summoning circle I was talking about before. There's bonuses in your village you can unlock again through when you level up because you get choices most of the time a or b uh one of them was you know if you can now eat a meal before you go in and i'll give you an extra blue heart Mm -hmm. so for me in particular there was one i want to say it was the last dungeon but it might have even been the back dungeon where i had gone to the boss and, and failed and then trying to get back i failed a bunch of times and i kept getting fucking that giant stupid hammer and i hate slow weapons i want to be like a dagger i want to be fast you know what i mean and so i had finally gotten a good sword i had gotten the ghosts and i got a good card draw and i had demonic summoning dudes with me and i had the heart from eating and i was like this is the fucking run and it was and like i felt empowered on that one after failing a few times i was just gonna ask andy that visually this game looks incredible to me and it, it's a couple different factors where there's the, the kind of tilt shift looking thing a lot of great use of lighting and shadows and stuff as well as a style that looks like that familiar stretch and skew kind of old school flash animation stuff but it, in a way where normally we would use that as a criticism i feel like this has a lot more unique identity to it does that maintain throughout the game or is this kind of like as much as it goes no, yeah, definitely maintains. I think the art style is fantastic. It looks super sharp. It, the game run, runs really well. I think one thing that the game kept surprising me with in a very, very positive way was that new, newer elements kept being introduced and new characters kept being introduced. Not that they were extremely significant to your experience, but I love that anyway. I love, like, in the same way that you're on run number fucking 38 of Hades and you've maybe completed three runs so far, or maybe you're on run nine and you're like, Oh, I need that 10th run. And you get still get introduced a new element. The game keeps doing that in really kind of neat ways um, where I'm expecting to keep getting repetitive elements. And I never, I never really felt like there was a whole lot of repetition there. Um, But yeah, the, the, I think you can drop the art style down pretty low and it's like a tiny game as far as like what the install size is like maybe 1.5 gigs or something ridiculous like that. Um, And running it on the lowest settings, it still looks really damn good as well. Um, I ran on like the highest or whatever and um, it is extremely light on your PC. So that's great for people who are playing on PC and maybe don't have a super powered machine. It is 
super light it was using like the most minimal amount of uh processing power if i can jump in one thing uh for me is a little bit of a disagreement with andy uh in terms of why i think it's a four for me and not a five right and it was the idea of andy's talking about them introducing new elements and new characters right like i thought that stuff was such padding because as you go through you'll occasionally meet a new character who will then open up a new section of the map and early on when i went there i was like oh this is going to be something significant, a new place to trade, a new place to do whatever, a new place to unlock stuff. And usually what it is, is it's just a new place to buy new tarot cards or new decorations for your thing. And there'll be early on somebody there, you can trade whatever currency or eyeball you've been collecting and get a new piece that'll then be able to, a new piece that would eventually unite with three other pieces to then be unlocked to get a new tunic, which would make the game harder or you know do something else in terms of augmenting the gameplay and yada, yada, yada. I didn't find the tunics interesting, so I didn't find the emblem collecting interesting, and then I didn't find the people I was ever meeting interesting. And also what it boils down to in a lot of those places is what I think holds the game back, which is busy work. They, you know, in the talk of the game, uh, a massive monster, the developers have talked about the fact that, you know, if you feel like you're getting bogged down with busy work in the game early on, keep playing because you will unlock abilities and, and things to make your cult do it for you, which was accurate where it's like, all right, cool. The fur, they're pooping everywhere. Now I build the outhouse. Okay, well, I still have to empty the outhouse, but I could build more outhouses if I want to. Okay, now I can build, even when their outhouse is full and they're pooping or vomiting all over the place, I can build a janitor's closet and they'll clean it up themselves. Great. Okay, I am over here trying to, you know, uh, max, min-max basically my farm settlement, but eventually I can unlock this ability where somebody will take care of it. I can assign that as work. That was great. It never, though fixed for me which was an issue of one of the like i was talking about how the individual characters have their own devotion that you go and level that up for them right and you can do it with the big every morning you can or every day you can preach to them and that'll fill it a little bit but if you go to them then and you unlock perks to give them money or you know uh just uh, uh bless them the bill the, the them little gift yeah the bill the bar fills in they go to the next level, and what that would mean in the in you know later on in the game is that if you want to use them for sacrifice to bring yourself back to life, it would give you more hearts. Like a level one is going to bring you back from the dead, but only give you I think it's half a heart, maybe a full heart. Whereas if you have multiple levels of devotion with this character and you sacrifice them, they're going to give you multiple hearts, and you're going to be in a better place to fight whatever you just usually a boss for me. Anyways, the problem I had with it is that I get the cult to twenty members. And then I still have to go one by one to give them an individual blessing. I can do the big speech, but I, th there's also then the way to go. Do, and, and like that was annoying to me. It's the same thing of like you unlock these new areas and in a bunch of those areas, there's little uh, devotion boxes that you can go to to get the devotion out that you know, you'd be able to spend on yada, yada, yada. Like it's a paltry amount of devotion and I have to literally go there rather than have it delivered to me or do something like that. It was those little things of I never, once I unlock the entire map, and I could go to these places. I really only went to them like once or twice. Like the guy who's uh, all about gold, Andy. I went to him like once. I think on introduction and maybe back for whatever I needed to bring him. And then I just never did it again. And I felt like that was, I wish that wasn't there. I think it would have made the game a more streamlined process if some of those systems had been brought in to have it rather than go there, expand my area and put those guys there as, as vendors or something that I can invite in to do it rather than put it out there and just have it feel like fat and padding. I've been there once. I I've say I've probably gone to the fishing village quite a bit to go fishing mm -hmm. um, because the better fish you catch, the better recipes you can make that then have better attributes for the cult members when they do eat these meals. Um, one thing that I wanted to touch on as far as 
wanting the cult members to have more permanence in a way. Yeah. Is that I kind of maybe just got my hopes up a bit too much and thought that it was straight up going to be the full tuning system from Metal Gear. And I was hoping that these cult members would have like, hey, this cult member is a really good fighter, maybe not a great worker. Sure. So I'm going to take that cult member out with me when I go adventuring into the dungeon crawling uh, sections. And those three cult members that I just found are that one's really good at farming. That one's really good at like uh, digging for rocks and harvesting and stuff. I'll leave those back at the camp. Like I kind of wish that there were a bit more uh, there was a bit more sort of individual personalities to each of them. Yeah, did when you they, ever even pay attention to it? Because like when you never. do recruit them, right? There's a little things. It's like, oh, this, and it's like early on, I looked at it thinking it'd be like Fulton, and then I never did. And yeah. usually, what would happen is somebody would die, and then I get the notification that Andy is uh, scared of death. It turns out, and that's a trip. I'm like, okay, whatever. And it, it never felt uh, like super do or die. Like when you do recruit these members, they do have perks, individual perks. But one of them might be like, um, th- when this one gets sick. Uh, he gets higher faith or some shit like that. Like, it's really, really small things that don't really affect the outcome a whole lot because I got the village singing to the point where yeah. it's like everything it's is automated. Everything is fucking automated. Like, this shit is just flowing 24-7. Everything's going great. If somebody gets sick, I send them to the med bay and they're better immediately. Because you're uh, using if, the flowers that you're growing over there and harvesting into the box. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it gets really like it feels great to do oh, it's that. It's fulfilling like, as hell. Like yeah, that's the love thing. that aspect of it. Um, but I just do wish that the cult members had a bit more again permanence to it, and so that when I name a character Tim or Greg or Blessing, and if any of them die, I wanted to be like, oh fuck, Blessing's dead. That fucking like they, they do feel really just kind of disposable in a way that um kind of bums me out. And uh, again, I don't want to do that thing where we we shit on a game forever and say hey it's a four out of five it's great amazing i um, mean i think we've we've blown smoke up this game i mean this game's awesome you should game play fucking rules game. we're uh, literally just talking about what kept it back from being a five out of five yeah, and, and yeah think- you guys are answering to a conundrum that i was trying to figure out as we're talking as you guys have been talking about the game which is you know why haven't i felt that compelled to to go back to it uh for a game that i feel like i've been asking for this game for a long time right like on ps love you all the time i'm asking for a dark cloud and it is this exact pitch right like the reason why dark cloud is a game that I liked so much uh, growing up and a game that I thought would work so well in 2022 is the fact that like it has the sim like the town sim stuff of Animal Crossing that has worked so well and then also the roguelite stuff that has worked so well especially uh, in indie titles recently uh, and so putting out Cult of the Lamb I've been like oh yeah this is it like they're putting out uh, my new dark cloud game and I think part of uh, part of what I realized especially as we have as we've been having this conversation is part of why I like dark cloud is you know, for those who don't know, in that game, you are going into dungeons and then finding elements of your town and then also townsfolks to then collect and then bring back. And then those town folks will have requests in terms of, oh, I, I want my house over here. Oh, I want to live by a lake. Oh, I want to live by the river. Oh, I'm a fisher. So I want to I want to like, you know, be somewhere where I can fish easily. They, they would have those kinds of requests and they weren't procedurally generated. They were actual characters that, you know, were permanent to, to, to some extent. And I think that kind of comes back to as I was playing Cult of the Lamb and not having that connection with my village, I would like it so that my village would be more of a, like, a Mass Effect ship, right? Where it is, oh, I know these people's names. Oh, I know their relationships with each other. Oh, I have a special connection with Bobby over here because me and Bobby Bobby! both love bacon. (laughs) They call them Bacon Love and Bobby. Both of us love bacon, right? Like, having those kind of connections with the characters and with the NPCs, I think, 
helps a sim like this actually feel like some like something worth tending to and something worth maintaining. Really exciting for the Twitch uh, interaction, though. Um, Do you know because, what it is? I didn't look into it. Yeah, the the sort of Twitch integration that's going to be hopefully live by the time the game goes live. And I they have kind of warned about the possibility of bugs, but Twitch chat will be able to vote on outcomes like uh, when you're out dungeon crawling, uh, they could vote that anytime you kill something, it drops a pool of poison to kind oh. of like mm. it, it hinder your experience or whatever and kind of just be a pain in the ass. But you can also whenever you recruit recruit a new cult member, you can raffle that name off to somebody in Twitch chat. And then oh, that character will cool. be named after the person in Twitch chat. I love uh, that. That's really which, cool. uh, again, but I, I kind of wish there was more permanence to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, if anything, just double their life. Like, make the cult members live twice as long. And there and they is... Can, they can still are, die of old age. It'd be there's great. There's necklaces but, that expand it. Though You can give yeah. them gifts to do it. But again, I, I always forgot to give gifts. Like, you know, oh, I, no, did, I did like the, the time. I did the one round of gifts and then people would start dying and then it'd be like hours later. Like, oh, shit, you're a new person. I guess I could give you a gift. Too. <laughs> Greg, the gift uh, the where people don't have to sleep. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. They just yeah, work yeah. all day and night. I felt yeah, like I had a guy, the, the guy like who such a capitalist, the guy who worked on my farm. I did that, too. Yeah, it was, was awesome. like, all right, just keep getting me pumpkins. I'm sorry. I have one quick question for blessing. What up? You said we call him bacon loving bacon loving bobby because yeah. you both love bacon so do we call you bacon loving bless <laughs> oh yeah of course yeah oh, okay, yeah. Okay. sorry sorry so they call me in the streets yeah all right before we move on to, to other games and stuff like that i want to ask andy and greg do you think this game ends up in your top 10 this year absolutely no 100%. question yeah well i think that's an easy one yeah and it's been a great year for greg games and this is another great greg game but yeah for sure like the fact that i keep checking and i know we're waiting on a bunch of other review codes too i'm like just get here before them so i it, can play a bit more of this <laughs> it was this game that i was like fuck i wish i had a steam deck because i'd be playing in bed right now doing all the doing all of the the farming tasks and stuff like i i fell in love with that portion of the game I'd and like, that was another one where put yeah. this shit down that, that was that one night where i was like i i, I blinked and it was 3 40 in the morning on a fucking work night like i need to go to sleep what am i doing right now but you get into that mode where it's like all right, I've progressed enough to get this, and now it's only this much to upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. uh, that this mi this mission uh, building where I can send out missionaries out into the world to go look for stuff, and maybe I need more meat, and I can send two of my cult members to go venture out, and they put on their backpacks. And the first time a cult member grew old, it broke my heart. I was like, oh my god, he's so cute, and they like they 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 can't work anymore. They're just wearing a white little robe and a little walking cane, and they get little wrinkles. And they, the first oh my one, god, it's the, the first one of mine shit. that got old was Jen. And so she oh. was, I went to talk to her and she's like, I, I won't be around much oh. longer and I can't do this, but I can still give you devotion. I was like, okay, Jen, I'm sorry. Another, <laughs> I sacrificed your ass. I said, no room for the oldies. Another absolute creepy thing was that I kind of got my cult members to the point where uh, I had used. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out also uh, for the review is that Greg, during his explanation and me during my explanation, mentioned a shitload of systems. There are a shitload of systems in this game. And I think the best thing I could say about it is it never feels overwhelming. Mm. It always, it, I never feel confused about what I'm doing and what I'm leveling up. There's so many different things to level up and to work towards. And it never once feels like I'm overwhelmed by what's happening on the screen. And I think that's really, really awesome. And in wow, one of those... 
to in chime in, what- early on i did in the very early on i did when i was like wait i'm raising the faith but that's not letting me build the thing but i'm talking to them but i'm filling in the meter and the easiest way was i just like i let go let god and i just kept playing and then i saw it all start lining up on what I'm oh, like, okay, that, cool, that happened cool. to me too where early on i was like i don't understand all the things i need to be keeping track of like there was one specific thing in the church where you're supposed to be preaching the word of god there's like i think three options when you get to the pulpit and yeah. one of the options was always locked because it was on a timer and i didn't really understand what it was but i had an objective that was do that thing and i was like all right cool i guess i'll just keep preaching until maybe that gets done um but like that like those were a couple of confusing systems for me on top of like a bunch of other systems that were in the game as well that i felt like i had to keep track of but maybe i also do need to let go and let god and let in or let evil I, once once you get going on it, i think you get your sea legs like okay yeah I see it. and that's the biggest I thing do where think i think there's plenty of systems in other games where i'm like 15 hours in i'm like i still don't know the fuck's exactly. going on with yeah, these yeah. things but in here i think it like takes maybe two or three hours to fully get a grasp on everything that's I, happening. I think the the big thing, and they've talked about this as well, uh, Massive Monster, and also shout out to the music. The music was great. Uh, it, it's meant to be approachable. And I think that even means that, like, even if your faith runs out, it's not like you're going to get it game over. It's not like everybody's going to walk out on you. Like, you can fuck up and figure out what it is. So it's like that whole thing of, like, just giving yourself the bandwidth to figure it out on the fly i think worked really well and i found it to be rewarding one last little tidbit i wanted to throw out was that i got my um one of the things that i upgraded whenever you upgrade a system you get a choice of two things and one of them is usually the more evil version and uh like for example one of them upgrade the left thing or the right thing and the right thing is always a little bit more positive like you're able to do a ritual where you give your followers a day uh two days off and their faith builds a certain amount and they, you know, the, the, they like you more because you're a great leader. Or the other one, you threaten them into working harder and that works out better for you in other ways, but that may drop their faith a little bit, you know. Um, one of the options was that I, um, whenever somebody dies, I can chop up the body and feed it to them, but then they grow, uh, they grow a taste for flesh. Mm-hmm. and yeah. so anytime it's the funniest thing you, your old little guy's walking around you see him like kind of walking in the corner you're doing your thing down here and then like you see them kind of freak out and they fall dead and all the followers go to them <laughs> and the followers are like fuck yeah dude like they all the followers gather around the dead dude and are like licking their lips and like Jesus. super stoked that like we're about to eat this mother <laughs> and it is really creepy and cute and just awful and like the, this game has a lot of really terrible elements to it that i think are hilarious i have like some adult swim energy i feel like yeah <laughs> that's great i'm sure we're gonna be talking about colt lamb a lot the rest of this year as we get into the game of the year conversations but before we talk about other games on this here kind of funny games cast let me tell you about our sponsors no one and the rock means no one likes waiting on a paycheck especially ladies and gentlemen when you've got bills due good thing there's now chime now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit that's up to two more days to save pay bills and generally just feel good about your money situation waiting for your money never good getting your money in advance great who wouldn't want that chime is more than about just getting paid early it's also an award-winning mobile app checking account debit card and optional savings account so what are you waiting for Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime. 
bank.com slash kfgames. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer. Where'd the sunglasses go? Chime.com slash kfgames. That's chime.com slash kfgames. Have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that's taken the podcast world by storm? Famous for their buttery soft undies and bralettes, MeUndies loves podcasts just as much as you do. It's like they're made for you and you're made for them. You're made for each other. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love my MeUndies because they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever had and because they have great patterns. As the king of Halloween, my candy corn pair never fails to make me smile. Everyone knows MeUndies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes, but did you know they also make other stuff? We're talking about durable, cushy socks that will make your feet sing. They even make hoodies for your dog so you can match every important person in your life. Available in sizes XS to 4XL and tons of colors and prints. Meundies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first-time purchasers can get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. And now that we are back, Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man, it's coming to PC. I never thought I'd see the day, but the day is upon us, my friends. A couple of us have been playing it in a couple different ways. I just want to say... All I have to say about it, I love Spider-Man, one of my favorite games of all time, playing it on a super ultra-wide and 32 by 9 resolution. It's unbelievable. New York City's never looked better. I can't believe how dope it is, and it's super fun. Am I going to beat the game again? Not like this. Nah, it's not worth it for me. (laughs) Andy Cortez, you've been playing as well. What are your thoughts? You were a little bit more critical when it comes to the tech of this stuff. Yeah, well, I think a lot of those issues are being addressed uh, based on some of the emails we've been getting from PR. Uh, that, you know, when I first tried it about two weeks ago or whenever it was, uh, we got several emails leading up or since then that have said like, hey, the updates that are being closer to launch are going to have better ray tracing and better DLSS performance and stuff like that. Um, Well, I was talking to Barrett about it, actually. It was like I ran it at full ultra everything. um, And I was maybe getting around... 40 to 50 frames and sometimes i'd hit 60 in certain areas uh, and i have a i have an rtx 3080 ti so it's like it's a pretty beefy gpu um but performance was not great even with nvidia dlss on and then i dropped it to like the lowest settings possible and i was getting like 150 frames and i was like man this is like lower visual quality but i can't really tell and this looks amazing because it's working this fast and this smoothly. And I feel like Spider-Man is meant to move this fast and this smoothly. And obviously, I believe, when it, we I believe all his catchphrase is got to go fast. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, when we all played on the performance mode, it felt like, oh, this is the way to play it. But if you could, if you don't mind, like having low shadow settings and it isn't even like terrible. I'm telling you, when this game is on low it does not look bad at all. You're not going to, it's not going to look like shit, but it sings, man. This shit runs so smoothly. And, uh, and that's kind of all I experienced. I just played a couple of the, a few of the, the first couple levels. I think I definitely Barrett and Blessed played more than no, I have. You, you played more. I Barrett might have played more, but yeah, I've probably, I'm probably around a, a similar place. Uh, of course, you know, I was excited to play this so I could play it on my Steam Deck. That was the one thing I was looking forward to uh, with Spider Man uh, Remastered. And I played, Maybe like 
five to ten minutes before I was like, ah, no, it's not working right now. And I think it might be a similar thing with updates and with you know they've already they've already pushed out updates during the review period mm-hmm. that have fixed some Steam Deck issues. So I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe in the weeks coming or maybe even you know in the next few days they push more updates that make it even more playable. But with the time I had with it, the the frame rate issues were there, and you know I put it all on the lowest settings. I was like, all right, cool. If I can get performance out of this thing i don't need to look the prettiest but for me it was noticeable uh when i put mm-hmm. it on low there were uh you know uh, the the textures weren't crisp whatsoever right like and uh, character models looked a bit fuzzy that, that stuff that for me is noticeable after playing spider-man miles morales on ps5 and also playing spider-man on ps4 you know after already playing this game with it looking good on console playing the lowest res pc version and then also the frame rate stuff not being up to par on my Steam Deck uh, made me go, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for this to get fully updated and fully optimized for this thing. Um, but, Barrett, I think you played a little bit more than me. Is that right? Yeah, I've, I've been kind of playing in a little chunks throughout the last couple of weeks just to, to see where the updates have gotten us, right? Where, you know, when we first got it, uh, the Steam Deck was not looking good uh, for, for Spider-Man. And then, you know, uh, things got fixed and we were actually able to play it. And, yeah, like, uh, first out of the gate, it was like, okay, this isn't... Um, you know, the best version <laughs> out there, of course. Uh, I was having the same kind of struggling issues of, of frame rate. And, you know, like, I was also trying to, like, get into the back end of, like, all right, what Steam settings should I also, uh, or Steam Deck settings should I uh, play around with to get the most performance out of this and all of this stuff to, to maybe make it as smooth as possible because yeah like a, a handheld spider-man graphically i don't I'm, I'm not expecting it to look like super great so i want that more smooth performance of uh making it feel buttery smooth as i'm swinging around new york and even with the updates i was playing a little bit last night because i we got a pretty sizable update uh for steam i think like a, a couple of days ago that was like 30 gigs or something like that and uh it still it still struggles um, uh, having it low settings. I, I capped it uh, on the Steam Deck settings at forty five uh, hertz, and even then it struggles a little bit. Uh, if I if I do sixty, it just doesn't it doesn't hit that, and it struggles a lot trying to balance <clears throat> getting the game to run low settings and uh, run well on sixty frames per second. So uh, maybe w- once the game's out for everybody, there will probably be people smarter than myself who can like really get into all of the settings you should have in-game, Steam Deck settings you should uh, have on or off uh, while playing it to get the most out of it. Like, you know, when I booted up God of War 2018, um, that was after it had been on Steam and Steam Deck for months, so people had made, like, all these breakdown videos of, like, how this is how you get the best out of this game playing it in handheld um and so you know I, i'm sure smarter yeah. people will be able to like uh, figure I, that stuff out even without like more updates that will get it consistently to 60 frames per second and stuff like that i think for right now it is a okay version of a handheld yeah, version of that's Spider-Man, the thing is you, you know you can play it like if you want to push through the the technical stuff it is it is very playable uh, but I have to imagine, based on what they've done with God of War and also Death Stranding and other PlayStation games being very playable on Steam Deck, I would think that, yeah, after a while, they, they get it there to where uh, it's playable. And I'm excited for it, because even playing the first couple of... The first level, uh, basically, on Steam Deck, I was like, oh, this is special. Like, I can't believe where I'm at right now with video games that I am playing Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2018 handheld on this thing. And it looks even even as uh, good as it did, right? Like, getting, getting there with updates, I think, will take it to a special place. Also worth noting that the this game is provided by by PlayStation. 
Yes. Just, uh, no, uh, yeah. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is, um, yeah, even with like a 45, it would struggle a little bit. But I, again, I think it's good enough uh, for, again, a handheld version of this game that, you know, on PS4 Pro, on PS5, uh, remastered, all that stuff looks like it's super incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, so I would say just go into it knowing that, you know, it's it's not going to be the... Uh, the, the high-end version that you would expect uh, just because it's on the Steam Deck. And definitely, this is one of the uh, games that makes my Steam Deck the loudest, for sure. That fan. <laughs> it, like, the, the hardware really struggles, I think, with it. Um, and Great so tradition. Was, yeah. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be a P PS4 original game without the hardware singing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, it was, uh, you know, uh, I was playing a little bit of that last night, and then I jumped into Batman Arkham Asylum, which, uh, you know, looks great, runs great at 60 frames per second, and uh does not make that hardware work whatsoever. And so, you know, it's just a question of maybe the Arkham games are better than Spider-Man, you know? You know? Oh, let's calm down now. I do want to give a shout out to the, uh, how seamless using a dual sense on my PC was. I hadn't done it until this and I was shocked. It just, it worked and I never expected to work, especially with how hard it was to get a dual shock four to connect to a PC forever. And you had to do so many workarounds to get that to happen. Uh, Xbox has been so great for just, it just working. And like you, even with, buying the little wireless dongle or whatever but it was great with the dual sense just being able to play it wired wireless and like no extra shit needed like that was very impressive to me and uh i definitely i prefer the dual sense i know i might be in the minority on that one mm. but i i definitely liked being able to play it on this and just be like wow it just works so hey they're doing something right i can't wait to see more games come to pc from playstation speaking of uh, controllers really quick i did this was even before i was getting into the hardware of how to make the game run just getting into the first combat scenario i was like you know, uh, I, I think it was like bless uh, on one of your videos where you're like, not every game is going to be a Steam Deck game. And getting into the first fight, I was like, oh, this might be a not Steam Deck game. Like it just for the button layout and thumbstick layout, I was like, oh, this feels very weird with this. Uh, how I had quick that this? Too. Yeah, the, how quick this combat feels and like just where everything is laid out. I was like, oh, this is definitely weird i've gotten used to it after you know a, a couple of hours but uh definitely know that there's going to be a little bit of that curve just because of the button layout it, it definitely feels weird with uh spider-man for a bit and I, I will say the you know when the takedown button prompt uh pops up above a, a the, the BY, head? yeah yeah BY. i that seemed that seemed wrong to me and i was like <laughs> why is this why is this square circle this is perverted i shouldn't be seeing a y and a b here um and it also <laughs> doesn't register every time you actually hit it too like the when i hit by at the same time he'll just dodge instead and it takes it a couple tries to hit, get him to actually uh use his uh takedown so that's uh that's another thing to keep in mind Moving on from Spider-Man. Bless, you've been playing some multiverses. You got that Evo in your blood right now. You're thinking oh, yeah. about fighting game champions. Dude, let me... The way that multiverses has grown on me in the last few days as I've hopped back into it to try and get a taste of what everybody else is feeling. Because if you remember, right, like months ago when we did the closed beta, both me and Andy were like, I don't know, like it seems like it has cool stuff about it, but the, the game feel didn't seem all the way there. I still have the same thing after playing uh, quite a few hours uh, on both, what, what's today, Tuesday? I played it on Sunday and Monday uh, for quite a few hours each. And, you know, like the characters for me still feel like they're running on ice. They feel, they still feel not as tightened up as they need to be. The, the, the collision when it comes to combat doesn't feel, doesn't hit as right, right? And I feel like a lot of that is chalked up to, well, I'm a Smash boy, right? I love myself in Super Smash Brothers. Tim, I know I, I know you feel the same way because we had the conversation before about how, well, when you play Smash and you've played so much Smash, 
when you're playing when you're jumping into a similar kind of game and it doesn't feel as good or it just feels inherently different something about it feels off now that i played a lot more in the last couple of days that stuff still feels somewhat off but the fun parts of multiverses have cropped up more and more and now i think i'm starting to get to the point where i'm lightly addicted to it um and it really it really came to fruition with me when i was playing yesterday with uh mitchell saltzman from ign where that was the first time where i i dove deep into duos uh which is the the default uh way the game is supposed to be played right it's supposed to be a 2v2 game um and i was on sunday i was playing it 1v1 and i was still having a good time playing it 2v2 and having it be this thing of all right, what what are the pairs that work the best? All right, you're gonna use Batman, I'm gonna use um, Finn from Adventure Time, and let's have a good time. Let's see how how we can do this. And getting into this flow of both of us knowing how to play that kind of game, and then getting into that domination mode of we are beating people one after the other because you know we both we, we like we're both coming off that Evo energy, right? We're all powered <laughs> up. Um, having that was such a fun time. But then also the things about it that are. Uh, Fortnite like right the, the 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 daily missions the battle pass um leveling up each character i was surprised now that this stuff is established in the now that it's in the open beta right and there's actually a carrot on the stick to chase after i'm surprised by how much that changed the game for me where mm. i uh the the missions that i had on sunday were hey get uh use two dc characters uh in a match or use the Use a DC character twice. Uh, you know, get five ring outs using projectiles. Hey, get a match done without using any um, uh, modifiers, right? Like, they were the the missions that they're giving for your daily missions that you know you do the daily missions to level up your battle pass faster. They had me playing the game in a, in different ways than what I would than I would have done normally. Right, like I didn't really have a DC main, and so I was like, "All right, cool. I guess I'm gonna try out Harley Quinn." Turns out, I really like Harley Quinn. Uh, you know, why, like I was why, why, why not Superman? Why would you pass off Superman? Uh, you know, it's, it's, basic, dude, cooler. generic, yeah. Yeah, he's basic, generic. He doesn't have like overrated. Any, any like unique thing about him? Right, he's just strong. Lame as fuck. Yeah, look at his costume. Ugh. Stupid. Dumb <laughs> <laughs> as hell. Thank you. Are you for your answer? Thomas Rock. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, I use Harley Quinn. I like Harley Quinn. And also, I would have kept going. <laughs> <laughs> Superman's also a heavy character, and I'm not like I don't really like using the heavy characters uh, in fighting games, especially a, a, a Smash-like fighting game. Um, and so, yeah, like you know, there there are other missions like yo use use your neutral uh, attack like 30 times, and up to that point, I was not using my my neutral attack. Started using it, and I was like, oh shit, this is cool. Like I'm like I'm. It's making me think outside the box in ways that I wouldn't normally playing the, the, this kind of game. But then also the leveling up of each character was something that I found uh, that I'm I've been finding fun as well. Where I, I recently started off using a lot of Finn because again Finn from Adventure Time in, the, in this game plays a bit like Link in a way that I really like. You know, young Link is my uh, main in Smash Ultimate, and so coming in and using Finn and Finn having like his up special being the turn uh, the tornado spin, but he like uses his bag instead of his sword. Uh, but then also he's a sword character, and so like if you do a running down smash you are you essentially do like a you know swipe forward with your sword and then smash down and if you are by the side of the stage you're basically spiking people off the stage getting into that flow of oh i know how this dude is supposed to play oh i'm about to rock it with this character i found so fun and as you play you are unlocking these uh oh, i forget what they're called but they're essentially modifiers that you apply perks uh perks thank you so much andy you're unlocking perks that you apply to your character so there will be things like hey if you the uh, you know add this perk you can then hit enemies 
10% further horizontally, or, you know, you can throw projectiles 20% faster. It is incremental stuff like that that'll modify certain stats that your character has that normally, like, playing Smash, right? Like, we we played a lot of Smash here. I would never think about those things. And I know, like, spirits, I think, have some some elements of that, but normally, as somebody who doesn't didn't really get into, like, the applying spirits um, uh, meta in Smash the way I'm sure Tim did... I never thought about like, oh, what if I can throw my projectiles 20% faster? Or what if I could hit an enemy 10% higher on each up smash, right? Those are things that I never thought about. Now that I'm getting these perks in multiverses, I am like, oh shit. All right, let's see what works best, especially especially with the tiered system they have for perks. They have like three slots for smaller perks and then one slot for a bigger perk that is character specific. And so now with Le- LeBron James, if I do a no... <laughs> What fighting, are you doing? Fighting game champion LeBron James. Fighting, fighting game champion LeBron James. If I do a no look pass to one of my teammates, that then buffs that skill. And I am now like going for no look passes all the time when I'm playing as LeBron James. LeBron James is now my second main. Uh, you should know. I've been loving LeBron James in this game. But yeah, like the 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 carrot on the stick stuff in this game has been pulling me in so much. And then also having friends that are playing it as well and going, yo, let's hop in. I've been very, I've been very surprised about, right? And it's been that's been boosting it as well. The fact that you know Mitchell Salsman was playing. There's a whole Discord that I'm in with like uh, other fighting game folks that are into multiverses. Uh, my friend Yami was into into multiverses, and now we're like, all right, when are we gonna hop in? And you know, I think that comes back to it being this cross-platform game that is available on things that aren't the Switch, and then also it being free to play, so it being very easy to jump in. Like this game is had, this game is having a life that I was not expecting it to have and i am pleasantly surprised with uh, how much fun it's been and also like with how successful it's been because it seems like the latest numbers are that it's hit over 10 million players uh and so like it seems like it's 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 successful and once it launches in 1.0 it'll probably continue probably continue uh to be successful but yeah i've been having a blast playing multiverses and this will definitely start I think, or, or continue the trend of free-to-play fighting games, where I hope so. All the fighting community just seems to be so ecstatic with this because this is going to bring in so many new players that would have otherwise never tried it. Because you know, spending sixty bucks on a game, why not play that free version or whatever? But also, mm-hmm. it's just the quality so high. Um, I love that the small daily challenges. I think one problem with daily challenges that other games have experienced are usually super team dependent, where when you'd play Halo and someone on your team has a challenge, some random guy that you've never met has a challenge to like get five kills with this weapon. It's like, oh, you fucking suck with that weapon. Don't use, you know, like you run into issues like that. But in this game where you can play solo to knock out these challenges, and not hinder anybody else's experience, I think is also super huge. Where I was playing with Mike, and one of my challenges was use a tank character. And I had never played as a tank character, but I'm playing with Mike, my friend, and it's like, okay, well, I'll I'll play as Iron Giant. Fuck it. Like, let me just try this out. We'll do a couple matches and see how that goes. As opposed to, you know, uh, in any other game when they would say, play as a tank, and it's like, well, I never play as a tank, but here we go, and I'm going to fuck up this experience for the other four or five people on my squad. And here, it uh, it feels a lot less uh, of an issue that, that you run into, like uh, pissing off any randos or anything like that. I thought the game super fun. Um, I played a lot as Arya. I think Arya is my main, and she just feels really good to play. Another sword character is super fast. She can throw her dagger and when it sticks in somebody she teleports to them 
and she gets extra damage when she does backstabbing attacks. Um, I unlocked the top perk where, like, I can throw the sword at my teammate. Then when I shoot to them, then I get a, bu a damage buff for however many seconds. I think it's just really smartly thought out, and I think it's going to continue to uh, get traction in the fighting game space. And, like, it, I'm so excited to see where this game's going to be in about a year and a half from now. Yeah. Like, a year and a half to two years from now, see what the roster's going to look like. We've already seen supposed leaks. And I, I just feel like this game is going to explode because of it being free to play and because of having all of the IPs and licenses that they sure. have kind of in their library. Yeah, is there a, a timing for the full release? Uh, soon. I want to say it's in a few weeks. It got delayed recently, um, but I want to say that what we're like two to two to three weeks away from the full release. Because right season now, season one of Rick and Morty. Yeah, season yeah season one with Rick and Morty, which I'm I'm actually very excited for. But yeah, like, I mean, to your, to your point, Andy, about its success, I'm surprised by how much I'm already seeing it pop up on TikTok and on other <laughs> platforms. Like, it's, it, it, it's been having a having mainstream uh, penetration in way, ways that make sense for the IP that they're just shoveling into this thing. But also, yeah, the fact that it's free, the fact that it's easy to hop into, the fact that uh, I do think the gameplay loop can get addicting. Like, funny enough, as somebody, for me, as somebody who... You know, like I like fighting games. I am looking for the stuff that you know plays plays tightly, the stuff that feels right, right. And so, like the last year, you know, I've gotten into King of Fighters 15. I was playing Guilty Gear Strive around this time last year, and then like the latest one, DNF Duel. I played a bit during the beta, but then I felt I fell off after it, it came out. Hopping into uh, into multiverses, I was like, ah, oh, there's no way. Like I I don't I, there's no way this is gonna pop off. Like it just doesn't feel right. And it turns out like there's like it. it it goes way beyond feeling in terms of what this game is doing. Like it is, like you mentioned, right? The, for the free-to-play aspect of it, I do think that's going to be very important, especially to see if and how fighting games adapt to that going forward. Because you know that has opened it up in terms of what character unlocks look like, what again individual progression for characters look like, what cosmetics look like for each of these characters. Things that f fighting games have done before, but I think I've struggled with. You know, I look at. Street Fighter V, for example, that was that came out as a premium video game, right? It is still a premium video game uh, that has had DLC packs to follow it. The uh, last week, I was streaming it with uh, Mike Imran and the homie Idom, who was competing at Evo and who was killing it at Evo. What a fucking final, Jesus! Incredible, like incredible content to watch. Incredible. Uh, highly recommend everybody go watch that Street Fighter uh, Top Eight for Evo if you missed it. Um, but we were playing last week. And leading into the stream, you know, I told Mike, hey, um, use the company account, <laughs> buy me, because we were playing on PC, and I had the <laughs> PlayStation version of the game. So I was like, hey, give me the game, but also give me the latest version of the Challenger Pack uh, that has the character Luke that I like to use. And Mike gets the game, and then he buys Challenger Pack 4. And I'm like, oh, Mike, no, this isn't it. You got to get me Challenger Pack 5, right? And it's that thing of, this game is $60 anyway, right? Like, why are, we, why are we paying so much money on top of that to get access to these characters when, you know, you look at multiverses, and it is free to play it is ten dollars for a thousand gleamium or whatever and to unlock <laughs> to unlock a character it's 700 gleamium and i don't want to play as every character right i don't need to buy a battle about um, a character pass with you know whatever the entire last season is i just want a handful of characters right let me use iron giant or let me get access to lebron james and let me try out just the characters that i want you know you get that and then you look at the cosmetics and it's like yo 
they got Cowboy LeBron in here, right? Like I'm sure, I'm <laughs> sure you're gonna favorite. get, I'm sure you're gonna get more LeBron skins. The next like, skin got... is uh is him in a Robin costume. The oh yeah, like he's gonna be dressed as Robin from Batman and Robin, and it's the Le Robin costume, it's which great. I mean, it's right like, now is, and Bugs is like an inside getting... joke. Mm. Oh, this Bunny's... is real. No, this yes. is real. Yeah, yeah, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. That... And this is all like an inside sort of thing. And, gotcha. and that's one thing that I love about the development is that like you could tell these people know what they're doing and they're not just people throwing in IPs for the sake of IPs. Like he, Oof, a lot of a lot of his career, he was called he was insulted and called La Robin to Dwayne Wade's Batman because people were like, oh, well, Dwayne Wade's the real player on the heat. So like. I think this is a play on that. It probably has to be. But also LeBron's moves are like one of his moves. I think his forward smash is when he pointed at oh, got yeah. mad at J.R. <laughs> Smith because J.R. Smith didn't know that the game was tied. And he was like that was like a huge moment in in sort of meme basketball history. Uh, that's like his forward smash attack is him pointing yeah. at the scoreboard. This is neutral smash. Yeah. And then his ups, the his up smash is when he throws up the powder uh before the game starts like it's just they care and they know what the hell they're doing and it feels like it you know it's yeah i like they have um ultra instinct shaggy in here too which originally i I ruled my eyes at but now that i played the game enough i am like damn ultra instinct shaggy is kind of cool like i'm kind of digging this character as well um but i mean even speaking to lebron lebron is one of my mains because his moveset is ridiculous and not only to the fact that you know it's a really fun moveset to use but it works so well with the character, right? His up uh, special is him essentially, you know, shooting a, a jump shot, whereas his uh, right special, no, his neutral special is him doing a pass, right? And that then lets go of the ball. And so you have two states of LeBron. You have LeBron with the basketball in his hand and LeBron without the basketball in his hand. And those have two separate movesets. And, like, it is this really cool thing of, hey, if you have the ball in your hand, you're more powerful, and then you have more projectile type of moves that you can do to get distance on your opponents. If you don't have the ball in your hand, then it is all about melee. And once you get a melee uh, on an opponent, that's how you get the ball back in your hand magically. Um, and I've been really enjoying using the, using that character and trying to find the different ways in which I can kind of combo moves. And so it is me, um, me like, z- uh, zeroing in on an opponent using my neutral special to th- to pass the ball to them, hit them, the ball bounces off of them back to me, and then I go for the side special, which is a dunk. Uh, and that does big damage on them. And that was something that I just figured out on my own in the lab, and I was like, I'm going to use this like crazy. And it's been so fun to do. And yeah, I've been very surprised by the amount of, of, of depth that it seems like a lot of these characters have. And a lot of it is still messy. Like I do think there uh, there's some work to be done in terms of making it not so chaotic on screen especially when it is 2v2 like i can't i feel like this game in a tournament setting might be a little bit difficult to to keep up with and watch and even as i've been playing it right like again yes i mean mitchell were playing there were there were times where i felt myself button mashing because there's so much happening on screen like i'm fighting against Arya stark and she's you doing get the lost thing. yeah yeah you get lost i i think there are things they can do to tighten that up and they've, they've already talked about a lot of the updates they're making um they're redoing the hitbox and hurtbox system they're like really trying to make this thing that uh, make a thing that is viable and that's going to last for a while. And I'm at the point now where I truly do believe in it. I think I think this has a big feature ahead of it. Wow. In the way that we talk about the memeable status of it, like I don't think this game gets memeable until LeBron James joins the roster, uh, because until then it's it's other IP doing stuff and it's Bugs Bunny fighting Shaggy and that Batman fighting Superman and whatever. Like we've I feel like we've kind of seen that, uh, but in the same way that 
a Fortnite meme might pop off because Thanos is twerking with uh, the fucking Master Chief and, you know, whatever the hell's happening in Fortnite. Like, and all that shit just looks really funny to visualize and to see Kratos dancing in a silly way. To see suddenly LeBron James just <laughs> passing the ball to Velma and her just stuck <laughs> up against the wall getting hit by the ball. Like, it looks so stupid. And I, I don't think the game really hits that status until an NBA player, LeBron James, is now on the roster. It's just, it's really yeah. silly to see. I think, Le- honestly, like to that point, I think LeBron James has done a lot for this game. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think it's taken, it's taken it to another level. I'm like, oh shit. All right. Who else are they going to add to this? Thing? Don Cheadle. <laughs> Algae Rhythm, baby. Oh my, get Algae Rhythm up oh in there. Oh God, please no. <laughs> Greatest movie. villain of them all. Uh, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast, of course. Let us know in the comments below what you are thinking about multiverses. Who is your main and are you excited for Cult of the Lamb? If you're a patreon.com slash kind of funny game supporter, guess what? We're about to debut a fantastic new post show. Isn't that right, Bless? That is right. Do you want to know what's what it's it called? called? Yeah, give a little teasy tease. It's called osts <laughs> if tim doesn't win this I this know. is the biggest blow oh, to his identity yeah. i've ever I heard can't wait let's go tim for everyone else a chance. i know i needed the win thank you bless thank you i, I love you. you all goodbye <laughs>